have to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. He ties it at 62. Two seconds to go. Lavender, three-quarter court. And we're going to overtime. And we're here for episode three of the Corner Three Pod. Al, we've got a lot to get to this week. But first, I have to ask you one quick thing. So if Doug Gottlieb is the color analyst on your game, how big time is your university? Uh, I, do, you, do you want an honest answer on that one? or what, I, I don't... Al, all I ask for is honesty. I know sometimes I don't want the honesty, but all I want is honesty, especially from you, Al. I mean, I'm I'm a Doug Gottlieb guy, so I'd say middle tier, kind of. I don't know. So when Doug Gottlieb is color analyst for a twenty point loss for Wyoming on Saturday to a Pac-12 power, uh, so I can I can officially now say Wyoming has made it after a twenty point loss to the Pac-12. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely go with that. Nice. All right. Well, well, since <laughs> since we get to open, you know, episode three with the Pokes, I just I feel so warm and fuzzy already. You know, I feel. What's their record? Are we one and three now? Or are we yeah. one and two? No, it's one and three because we lost to Cal State Fullerton. We've lost to South Carolina and we've lost to uh, Oregon State. I don't want to talk about them, all right? I don't want to – I mean, I could talk 45 minutes about the Pokes. Don't get me wrong. I could. But I Those just, are two decent losses, though. That's what college football playoff committee looks at. That, losses, not that, good wins. That's what I'm really concerned about, our net ranking right now. I'd love, I think we're probably in the somewhere from the 220 to 270 range right now, and I'm really concerned on how that thing can improve over the year. I hope it doesn't dip that much more because there's quality wins in that Mountain West, as you know. Well, your strength of schedule might be somewhat decent. Strength of record might be a different story, but strength of schedule, you're not too bad right now. Yeah, that black eye to Cal State Fullerton, that one's going to hurt. That one's going to hurt for a while. Those Titans came right. in, and they, they did not screw around. We will remember was, these was, Titans in Laramie. I was texting you during that game. Uh, how many Cal States are there? Because I, I just could not figure out which one they were. Oh, my goodness. That's a great question. Those are the, This is mid-major. This is my this is my wheelhouse, too. So I should know how many Cal States there are. You know what? I'm going to have to get back to you on that, Al. I'll have to get back to everyone on that. I think if I had to guess, I'm going to guess there's about six. I'd put the over-under at five and a half, and I'd go over. But but you know what? I'm going to check that. That's a great question. Al, you need to start bringing those you know more to the forefront in the corner three pod. That'd be really good. I really like these questions. Better than me breaking down games. There's six of them? Oh, there's got to be. There's a lot of Cal. Well, are we talking Cal State D1s? Because there's also a lot of Cal State D2s. Oh, I, I was thinking more like D1 schools. Okay, so we'll go with the, with the big time boys. Okay, well then, I'm still going to say there's about six, but I could be wrong. All right, I got the under. Okay, you got the under, I got the over. Well, anyways, we, it's not like we gamble that much anyways, so. Sure. Well, since we should talk, I guess, a little bit about relevant basketball. If, well, I mean, Wyoming did invent the jump shot. Okay, all right, I'm done. I'm done talking about Wyoming. Anyways, all right. So, well, I think we have to start, first and foremost, at the top. That seems like the most appropriate place to start. And uh, Kentucky, with a nice uh, midweek home loss to Missouri Valley representative Evansville, who hasn't been to the tournament since the 80s, uh, and also a little bit of a... Uh, confession here neither al nor myself were even alive the last time evansville was an attorney so um i guess we should start there al so not a banner week for the sec in general and it's headlined by kentucky's home loss to evansville 
absolutely embarrassing loss. Like, there's just no way around it. And this is a team that last week we were just raving about how oh, we think they're probably that the best team in the country. Not sure. Played really well against Michigan State. And then, oof, not fun. Not fun. The Purple Aces came to play them. Oh, man. I just, you know, and it's funny. You know, I was watching a good bit of the second half and, you know, listening to the commentators and then, you know, glancing back at the box score afterward. It's not as if Evansville, you know, shot 60% from three or hit like 15 trays or, you know, just Kentucky turned it over 25 times or, or something like that. Evansville shot 30% from the floor. The, the, they out-rebounded the Wildcats by about four, I want to say, but th- there's no glaring you know, reason as to why Evansville won that game, which I think is even more revealing. I think we got to give props to Evansville, and we have to also you know, be a little critical towards Kentucky. But, I mean, Evansville was simply the better team. They led for 35 minutes, but they didn't do anything outrageous to beat Kentucky. The big thing that stood out to me, the over-under was, or not the over-under, the line was Kentucky minus 24 and a half. Holy moly, how do you lose that game at home? And then, like you said, they didn't do anything special. Like, you could make the argument that Evansville didn't really play that well. I haven't seen them play other than bits and pieces of that game, but they didn't do anything really, really well. They shot like 30% from three. Field goal percentage wasn't crazy high. They turned the ball over a decent amount. <laughs> they didn't They didn't do the things that that these smaller schools usually do to beat the Blue Bloods like Kentucky. Yeah, and I mean, we see this all the time, and we see it especially in March. I mean, well, everyone sees it in March because that's when everybody's watching college basketball. But, you know, you can see it in November. You can see it in December. You know, especially with the three-point line, which, you know, I have told, you know, countless number of people, I've told you numerous times, I think it's the greatest equalizer in any sporting platform anywhere. I think the three-point line, you get hot from that. Any team can beat any other team. And that's a lot of times that's where you see these upsets. You know, you've got, you've got undersized bigs, you've got undersized guards, but they just get hot from three-point land. And that's where you get these upsets. But like, you know, we're going to beat this horse dead. Evansville did not do anything spectacular. This is a team that was preseason picked middle of the pack of the Missouri Valley. And I don't see any reason to believe that Evansville is going to not finish in the middle of the Missouri Valley. Again, it's not like they, (laughs) they looked good. Sure. But they didn't play particularly well. Maybe that's maybe Evansville is poised for a really big year, but I, I just, (laughs) I haven't seen a game like that. I, I've seen plenty of upsets, plenty of upsets of that magnitude, but not to the point where it's like, well, Evansville didn't really do anything special. And then on top of that, I don't know if you agree with this one, but generally you see when, when there's matchups like this, maybe like an Evansville team that's really, really good, this is a game they might win like down the stretch because it's like it's in the tournament or something like like a small school would win that in the tournament. But generally – like the, the, the cream of the crop in college basketball, they kind of just blow through their non-conference schedule when, like against teams like this early on in the season. I was very surprised to see this loss. Yeah, and it just, you know, I'll be really interested. It's funny. We've, we've had college basketball for two weeks. We've had two polls. Now, granted, don't put much stock into preseason polls, but our third poll comes out tomorrow, and we will have a third number one in three weeks, which is, <laughs> I mean, if that's a sign of things to come, go ahead and give it to me because I love all the parody and, and love the unpredictability of college basketball. But, 
I mean, where, where do you where do you move Evansville right now? They're three and zero. They have a win over the number one team in the country at their gym. Are they a top twenty five team? I, I was thinking the same thing. How do you not put them in the top? 25? Agreed. Like you look at like a Texas team, they their big wins over Purdue. It's like, well, Evansville's big win is over Kentucky, the number one team in the nation. I mean. They should be ranked the same, right? Or I mean, even a little bit better. Oh, yeah. I just think it's funny. I mean, obviously, obviously, they're not going to do that. But I mean, th- you can make the argument for it. I think it's funny. You know, last year I think we saw it with Furman, who got ranked 25th at one point. Now that I, Furman, I think they beat Villanova. They also had a couple other nice victories over Power Six schools, but they also I- looked good doing it as well. True, and I think we have to see more out of Evansville. I'd love to know their future schedule. I know they <laughs> avoided the big game hangover beating NAIA power Kokomo, and the only thing I know about Kokomo is that I think one of my 80s favorite bands sang a song called Kokomo. That's about all I know, but uh, they avoided the big game hangover, so uh, good for them. <laughs> they got SMU tomorrow night. Ooh, boy, wow, that'd be a nice, that'd be a real nice test then. Yeah, yeah, they don't, they don't rest for the weary there. They got to get right back into it. But yeah, what I was getting at with the Furman thing, you know, Furman got ranked 25th and then, you know, they lose a conference game to like, probably like Samford because I freaking hate Samford. So they probably lost somebody like that. And, <laughs> you know, I, I could see Evansville being slotted into that 25th spot. It's almost like that spot that you give to the nice darling. It's like, yeah, you know, we can rank Evansville 25th. You know, they've earned it. You know, they got that. I could really see that happening. I don't know how far you drop Kentucky. I mean, are they outside the top 10? Now, this is a Kentucky team. Granted, they were playing a Michigan State team that was a little undermanned. I mean, they had just beaten the previous number one team. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to drop them out of the top ten. And uh, to the going back to the Evansville thing, I think it'd be really cool if they put them at like twenty five because that would mean a lot to that school. That's probably their biggest win maybe in program history. Oh my god, so, that would be huge! That would be huge for them. I mean, oh, that would be yeah. absolutely huge just to give. I would love to see the voters do that. I would love to see my. Writing friends put them at 25th. And again, like we said, I mean, going off, you know, <laughs> I mean, you get a win at number one. I mean, how do you not rank them? I don't know. I Again, and it was a rough week for the SEC really in general. Vanderbilt lost to Richmond. Florida, my final four Gators just looked atrocious. They lost to UConn. They struggled to beat Towson at home. The SEC really getting a run. A thousand, you could argue, should have won that game. They just, they did what I thought Evansville would have done against Kentucky late. I thought the moment gets too big for that little team, and they just, they stop executing like they have for 37 minutes out of the 40, and they just absolutely tank the last three minutes. And that's kind of what Towson did. But to that point, Florida has looked terrible. The the they, SEC right now they, is kind of looking they, for they something. Haven't, they have not gelled at all. Like, they did nothing looks, nothing looks easy. No. They're shooting so bad, like so so bad from three, and in realistically, they just like they just don't look like they've played together ever. Yeah, and now you've got losses to UConn, you've got losses to Florida State, a home loss to Florida State. Who I, you know, Florida State's a nice program, and they're usually a tournament team, but you don't lose at home to Florida State. Although Florida State's beaten them the past what six times now. Um, but yeah, it's just not it little. We'll rough go of it for the SEC early. Good thing that's a, a football conference, as we know, Al, because they are not getting it done on the hardwood. No, no, not at all. Because this was a year where the top two teams in there, Kentucky and Florida, I thought were two top five teams in the nation, which, I mean, there's a lot of basketball to be played. It is November. But 
that so far has have not looked even close to a top five team at least this past week. Oh yeah, and our and our jobs, Al, on this pod is to overreact, and we are absolutely overreacting. So in the in the, <laughs> in the realm of overreacting, we've got a more news dropping in good old Memphis, Tennessee. Um, Wiseman's not going to play now. He's dropping his lawsuit, so he now will, you know, remain indefinitely suspended until the NCAA gets an answer back. Again, this is just so disappointing how this has played out so far because there was so much hype around this Memphis team. There was so much, and, and again, this this can still be resolved. Wiseman can still return to the floor, and Memphis can still have a very special season, which you know we all hope for. But it's just it's kind of put a damper on this on this great you know great freshman five that Memphis has. Yeah, I was I, that was like the one thing, one of the main things we were looking forward to this year. And yeah, it's kind of disappointing, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping the NCAA figures something out quick because I, I just, I realistic I do not think he should be suspended that long. I don't see what he did wrong. Yeah. I mean, it's a sticky situation, you know, with, with Hardaway paying to help his family relocate to Memphis when Hardaway was an AAU coach and only a booster at Memphis. And then he later gets the head coaching gig at Memphis and recruits Wiseman and Wiseman commits to Memphis. And that's why we have this whole NCAA violation for better or worse. And yeah, it's just, it, it's a shame. I hopefully it gets remedied quick. I think, uh, you know, Memphis, you know, they had Wiseman against Oregon. He gets in a little foul trouble early, but I think that was a big game. Like we talked about, you know, in our first episode this season, you know, it's a little, it's a little barren out West for, uh, basketball powers you know you always have Gonzaga and they're always going to be good and Arizona looks like a nice team but Oregon got let's just call it west of the Rockies best win thus far this season that would Oregon looked good in that game yeah I agree Oregon looked good and I thought it was funny how oh we were wondering why is Wiseman playing why is Wiseman playing it looks like they just held about so they could try to get the key win there with Oregon and they're like all right he's good now yeah (laughs) He's going to take a break. He's going to sit down a couple games. He'll be back before the conference season starts or something like that. What was it? Penny actually came out within the last couple of days and says he hopes that he doesn't miss any games. I'm like, that might be a little bit of a stretch, but I'm hoping he doesn't miss much either. Yeah, he already. Yeah, he's already missed a non-conference. But when you're playing you know, the likes of Ohio State's non-conference schedule, which features like UMass Lowell and Merrimack and Maine, I guess you can get yeah, away with yeah, sitting in. Carolina, <laughs> you know, Al, I, I told you in our prep for this episode that I would give you the floor again, Al, for those of you who don't know, goes to the university of Ohio state. He, it is a predominant football school and Al loves the Buckeyes football team, but he's a basketball guy through and through. And I know he's usually alone there in the student section because no one goes to those games at value city arena. It's a damn library half the time. But it's just a big arena. We have plenty of students there. That being said, I say all that to say this. I, I will, Al, I will give you the floor. Ohio State beat the tar out of Jay Wright and the Villanova Wildcats. Al, that's a, that's a nice, nice – I mean, we talked about Oregon getting a nice early season victory. That was a real nice win for Ohio State in the manner in which they won. Yeah. Coming into, coming into this season, I was like, all right. This not like the teams I listed before. Those are three really, really tough non-conference games. 
I'm like, all right, we need to win one of those three games. We need to either beat North Carolina, Villanova, or Kentucky. I did not expect us to come out and absolutely dominate Villanova. Like, they might not be as good as we think, but I still think Villanova's a decent squad. And, I mean, we dominated. Dwayne Washington hit three threes right off the bat, and it was really never even a close game. They never even came, never even put up a fight. And I'll try and stay as <laughs> impartial as possible. I know that is difficult, but I mean, with that being said, again, our, you know, we want to overreact. What is the ceiling for this Ohio State team? You're looking at a banged-up Michigan State squad. You're looking at a Purdue and Wisconsin team that might not be as good as everyone intended. You're looking at a Northwestern team that lost to Merrimack just a couple days ago. I mean, Ohio State it could be – I mean, they're probably – they're definitely top three in the conference. They might contend with Michigan State for a conference title. Yeah, if, if Michigan State is still banged up, I would say – like the way, like just going off of the way they've looked, I would say Ohio State and uh, and Maryland are the two teams you got to look at in the Big Ten right now at the top. And obviously, Michigan State will be there, but uh, I, I like the way Ohio State looks a lot. I'll try to stay the least biased as I can do, but I mean, I, I would say right now, Ohio State's the most impressive team in the Big Ten. Yeah, and that's that's and again, that's a, a byproduct of playing a nice, you know, a good an, a good non-conference schedule that Holtman put together for Ohio State, and you know, it's just it's funny looking at you know looking at the Big Ten and looking at Michigan State and looking at you know like you know will the powers at Indiana come back and be relevant? You know, what are we going to get out of a team like Illinois who's got you know what that NBA draft lottery? You know, a, a guy who's going to you know maybe go in the NBA lottery? I mean. The Big Ten is always one of the premier basketball conferences. I mean, it's always top three. I mean, it's usually ACC, and then you could argue Big 12 or Big Ten. I mean, <laughs> the Big Ten is – I mean, how would you stack up the top of the Big Ten right now? You'd probably go Michigan State, Ohio State. Who would be your, like your three through five right now? I mean, probably Maryland. I mean, maybe even put Maryland at two. I mean, I'd put Ohio State there just off that win off of Villanova. Yeah, I, I personally would put Ohio State at two and then Maryland at three and then before I would have to go, I watched a little bit of this game tonight. I'd probably have to go Wisconsin. I know they have that loss to St. Mary's, but uh, I think they, uh, I think they looked pretty good against Marquette tonight, and I think they're they're going to be a pretty solid tournament team. But the problem is there is a pretty hefty drop off right there. You know what I mean? I, I think Wisconsin's even kind of pushing it a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't even know where to go after that. True, and it's funny you bring that up. I'm going to go a little bit off script on this one because I don't know how that one kind of fell through the cracks because I'm always banging the drum for the mid-majors. But uh, our boys at Winthrop, (laughs) after St. Mary's was off their emotional high beating Wisconsin, our boys from Winthrop, who I believe is located in North Carolina, went literally across the country, lost to Fresno State, mind you, go Mountain West, then traveled up to St. Mary's. And I don't know, just rolled into Mirage, California, into one of those beautiful high school WCC arenas and beat St. Mary's by two, which is going to, you know, the overarching theme with St. Mary's every year is, oh, they have a terrible strength of schedule, you know, and they they need to, you know, they need to schedule teams like Wisconsin in the non-conference because they just don't have much meat when it comes to um, conference play aside from Gonzaga. And uh, St. Mary's, in, in true St. Mary's form, to spoil a nice victory over Wisconsin, loses at home to Winthrop. So, again, another nice upset, early season upset um, from our boys 
from our boys of Winthrop. I don't know how good they are to tell you the truth anyways. But with that being said, we're going to take a quick break here. We'll get back to you with a couple other thoughts and then a few of our wagers for the week as we had some separation through two weeks. And uh, we'll we'll get back to you and tell you about that. All right, and we are we are back here at the Corner 3 Pod. Al, we're going to roll right into our favorite segment of the Corner 3 Pod, and that's our wagers of the week. And uh, Al called uh, last week separation week because we had a lot of differentiating picks. And, I mean, there was – I mean, I guess there is separation. I am the epitome of mediocrity at 6-6. Six and six. And, again, these are not even – with the spread our one cousin brought it up he's like if you're not betting with the spread you should be like hitting you know 80 percent of the bets i am not even close to 80 percent to that point al is not even close to 80 percent but i'm closer than you are you're, you're not wrong you are you are not wrong so yeah so through two weeks and again we pick five top 25 matchups or teams or at least games featuring top 25 teams and then we pick one mid-major game which i which i am going to make hay on and also, just to recap of last week, I did get back to 500 in the mid-major department as my UTEP Mighty Miners beat New Mexico State in a heated rivalry game because Al did not do his homework and figure out that his ex-Buckeye is not playing early on. Not my fault, his. Yeah, that was that was tough when I went. I, I went to check my app to see what the score was, and they were down 15. I'm like, all right, well, hopefully AJ Harris has some points. Look it up, he's not playing. Then I look it up, he's out like eight weeks. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> All right, let's talked about him for some five minutes on the podcast the other day. This is kind of a tough look. Well, it's good. At least Al is reading local newspapers. He probably pulled up the Las Cruces Sun and found out that, oh, my God, my boy A.J. Harris, like, you know, I don't know, pulled a hammy and he's going to be out for it. It's good that you're supporting local journalism in that regard. Yeah, you know, I do what I can, I guess. <laughs> so through two weeks, uh, yours truly, your favorite, your person you want to win so al has to pick a mountain west school to go to the final four although that doesn't look as daunting as it once did i am six and six and al is um out in front at seven and five as but al i just want i want clarification though because as we're you know we're college basketball junkies and we're not just watching the games that we're wagering on although those do have a little bit more of a heightened lens for us now al i lost two games by a combined three points that should be worth something South Alabama also, lost with literally no time. You also remember, like you gotta, you gotta take into account you lost one game by twenty five. So uh, that's pretty tough. <laughs> that that's that that's uh, that's fair. That's you should just shouldn't go against our Buckeyes, but but I mean South Alabama had Auburn. Oh my God, my Jaguars! And let me just let me just touch on my Jaguars at large. Hopes got dealt a tough blow. I think they let the Auburn loss by one turn into two losses because they lost at Chattanooga by about 30. So uh, Rich Riley needs to work on his uh, let's let the, you know, let's have the 24 hour rule or whatever you have in college basketball. Maybe it's like a 12 hour rule because you play like twice a week. So let's, let's, you know, let's shorten the time we dwell on losses. Cause that wasn't a good look um, for my South Alabama Jaguars, my Cinderella pick this year, but yeah, they're going to be looking at having to win that conference tournament here. What other game did I lose close? 
there was one other. Oh, I don't. I don't know. Because I drubbed you with Oregon. My goodness, that was a good pick for for me. I wouldn't say drug me. It was actually pretty Oh, LSU VCU. My ah, oh, the fighting Will Wades. Oh my god, they lost back in VCU. Will Wade in his own stomping ground. <laughs> Another demerit for the SEC as LSU lost to the A ten. Just a really, really bad beef. And then two went out in football, then the SEC is just boom. <laughs> Not good. But but your boy Joe Burrow, man, he's just lighting it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go Bucks, go Bucks. Any 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 third string quarterback that comes out of Ohio State. I don't even think people in Baton Rouge know that basketball is even happening right now. If that town is a football drunk and you, you escalate that with being the number one team and likely the Heisman winner. uh, Yeah. They don't, they don't give two rips that LSU is playing basketball. In the year where the national championship game is going to be played in New Orleans. Oh man. Honestly, Alan, I don't want to stray. I don't want to stray into college football, even though I know you and I could have our own separate pod for college football if we wanted. I want, I for just the storylines and just I want Joe Burrow versus his old team, Ohio State. That would be so much fun. Yeah, no, I think I think you would want that, but I don't think uh, LSU fans would want. Oh my god! Oh my god! Can't you just be like? Let's get back to college basketball before we just take this too far here. We're off the rails. We, we've always have been. Anyways, well, speaking of the LSU Tigers, um, in basketball, at least of right now, they're still ranked 23rd in the country. And actually, our only matchup, now again, these are taking into rankings from last week, our only top 25 matchup this upcoming week is number 23 LSU taking on number 17 Utah State. And I know Al's tuning into this one because when he loses wagers of the week, he likely will go with the Aggies as his final four pick. So Al, I, I said it last week, it's the only option. Dude, San Diego State's still unbeaten, okay? San Diego State is a solid basketball program. I already told you that Wyoming's likely the best one and three team in the country. <laughs> but realistically, just one more thing about Wyoming. Are you guys going to be dead last in? in the MWC this year. No, because thank God we have the pillow known as San Jose State. You can attest to this being a a Big Ten football fan. There is always a pillow formerly known as Rutgers. In basketball in the Mountain West, there is a pillow formerly known as San Jose State. Okay. All right. So I think think, we were... (laughs) Do you think your only conference wins will come to San Jose State? Oh, no. I I think you misspoke. I think we will have one conference win. I think we will win when San Jose State comes to Laramie. I don't know if we have the horses to win in San Jose. You might not have a head coach halfway through the season. Oh, there's a good possibility of that. There's a very good... I, I just hope one day I can pick wages of the week a Wyoming game. I don't know if that's even in the cards, though. I don't even know if I want that. Well, if it if it comes down to it and I need some wins, I might just put them in there because you're not going to pick against them. You don't know that. Them. You don't know that. You don't know right, what I'm... Right, you you, you don't know what I'm capable of. That's, I mean, that's pretty soft, but you can, you can if you want. Yeah, well, maybe I'm soft. Who knows? <laughs> I'll I'll tell you who's not soft, and that's Utah State. I'm not going to pick this game first. No, I will pick this game first. No, I'm taking the I'm taking the lead on this one because I'm down, so I get to pick the first game, and I'm taking the Aggies in this one. Sam Merrill, too much for Smart. Great guard matchup there between Smart and Merrill. I like the Aggies in this one. Big game for again. We talk about those teams west of the Rockies. 
needing some marquee victories. Oregon got a nice one. Gonzaga's always there. Utah State, good opportunity here. I know LSU loses a little luster because they lost to VCU, even though VCU a very good team. But I like Utah State in this matchup. Who do you got? I, I wouldn't look at that VCU loss. I mean, they went to VCU and lost by one possession against a pretty good top 25 team. So I don't think that's too big of a deal. Um, I like LSU, but I'm actually going to go with Utah State in this one. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just going to roll with the MWC. I'm just yeah. more interested in the MWC because I might have to actually cheer for them in, uh, in come uh, tournament time this year. I, I'm, I, I just, I'm filled with joy. I feel like the Grinch after he almost stole Christmas and my heart just grew like 10 times this its normal size. I just, that game's also being played in Jamaica, so I wish I was going to that game too now. That being what, said. what I'm also doing is it's just going to make that loss hurt even more because it's like if Utah State loses that game and I'm like, all right, they play their first tournament team, they lose, this isn't good, might might be a problem come down the stretch. But you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tune in. It's going to be a good game. I'm ready for it. Al, I need to ask you this question, though, and it's in regards to our Wages of the Week. If by some act of God I actually lose Wages of the Week at the end of the year and I have to wear some god-awful University of Ohio State hat. The Ohio State University. Will you still pick Utah State far in the tournament because of how much admiration you've gained for the Aggies over the next couple months? Uh, Probably not. Why? Probably not. Because <laughs> you're going to do that, and it's just going to hurt you and your bracket. It's going to give me a. It's going to be a leg up. Al, you don't want my bracket. You knew you didn't want any part of my bracket last year, and it almost beat you. You don't want any part of my bracket. You came in second last. Al, I was right there at the end of the year. I was right there with a chance to win. That's all you can ask for. All you want is the ball down two with five seconds to play. All you want is a chance. That's what Texas Tech gave me a chance. Well, let the let the let the listeners decide if. I was threatened by the guy that came in last when I won by second last, second last, last, second last, second last. Second I'm last. like Wyoming. I I have a whoever was below me was a nice pillow to fall on, <laughs> a nice shoulder to cry on. No, it, I I'll have to watch a lot more Utah State, but yeah, you I will. will say this: if they do beat LSU, uh, that would be impressive. Maybe maybe they could get a little brownie points with me. Maybe I will take them a couple rounds for the tournament, no matter what. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so proud. You, wait, you're picking Wait, you're picking Utah State in this game, and yet you're saying that you'd be surprised if they beat LSU. Well, see, I'm just going with the same pick as you there because I already have the lead. Oh, my God. So you're, I'm just going to make you go off the walls with the pick to try to catch up. Well, it's it's early for that. As, as, a, as someone once said somewhere along the line, it's a long season. Oh, I know. I understand it's a long season, but when you're looking at a game that's probably going to be like, what, a two-point spread? There's no reason for me to go against you. You didn't know who I was going to Oh, that's right. Well, yeah, since I had to pick that one first, now you have to go out on a limb. you got to pick. And again, <laughs> these are the games we're saddled with. I think this will be a fun game. I, I'd lo- So we got, okay, we got number nine, Virginia, hosting Vermont. Unbeaten Vermont, who is one of the better mid-major teams out there. Anthony Lamb is a baller. He just beat St. John's on a game winner with like three seconds to play yesterday, Saturday, that was. I don't know if they have the horses to beat Virginia. Uh, this one's up to you, Al, and I know you'd love talking about some Tony Bennett and the Cavaliers. 
Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll answer that question for you. If, if they have enough, I like Vermont. They do not have enough to beat Virginia. <laughs> I got Virginia in that game. And I got it by a lot. By a lot, but what what is a lot in Virginia standards? I mean, that's like if someone... Virginia. If Virginia beats you by ten, it feels like you lost by a hundred because they have given up thirty four points, thirty four points, and forty two points. <laughs> that is ridiculous. I don't care who you're playing. No one is scoring on them. God, that is unbelievable. God, in those games, do they like elevate the shot clock back to thirty-five? Like, <laughs> are you only you scoring? I think it's it's insane what they're doing on the defensive end right now. And I'm going to do in our in our you know again we're referring back to college football a lot in in the words of our boy Lee Corso, closer than the experts think. Virginia close. I think this is a single-digit game in the under seven media timeout. Vermont is good. Vermont will not have the horses to beat Virginia. Vermont will not have the resume to be a bubble team come March. Although if they can get through the America East conference tournament, and that means beating the likes of Maine, that's that's a scary team. Last year they made the tournament, they had to play Florida State in the opening round, which was a terrible matchup. For Vermont, if they get a favorable matchup, I mean, we're going to be talking about Vermont like we were talking about them in 2006 when we were hitting shots from the parking lot. So, yeah, no, I, I, I'm actually really interested to see what kind of fight Vermont can put up in this game. I think this is one of those games where, like, they kind of rely on Lamb a lot, and I think Virginia is one of those teams where they're going to be really good at kind of closing him off and making someone else hurt them. So I think Virginia will win this game. I don't think it's going to be as close as you think, but we'll see. If they can hang in, then Vermont is, Vermont is for real. I also would love to see, and I think I think Lamb is an NBA player, you know, at the end of the day out of Vermont. I'd love to see how he, you know, attacks this Virginia defense. You know, that's the difference between these, you know, a lot of times the difference between these mid-majors and these major programs, these top 25 teams are, Vermont's got a really good player in Anthony Lamb, and everyone should tune in. He is a tremendous mid-major player, but how much help does he have? I mean, it's like Mike Dom at South Dakota State. How much help can they give him? Yeah, and if even, even if you look at Mike Dom, like when they played non-conference games early on last season, we were excited about him, but I think they went and played Kansas and got just destroyed. It's, it takes these, these teams a little bit longer to help him out, and I don't know. I just think Virginia defensively is just way, way too much for really any mid-major at this point. And I will I will claim a half point if that's a single-digit game. Not that it matters anyways because Al says they're winning big. I got Vermont in losing close in that one. Um, another mid-major we got, another unbeaten mid-major going on the road. We got our East Tennessee State Buccaneers taking on Kansas. Um, in Fog Allen Fieldhouse, East Tennessee State, nice program. They made the tournament, was it two years ago? Put up a nice fight out. I want to say it was against Florida in the opening round. They, they have a lot of junior college transfers. You know what they say about junior college transfers. You can't win with them, but you can't win without them. And no, it's, well, what is that? How's that go? You can't, can't win. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. You, you need junior college transfers. Those guys, those guys can ball. And, um, and this one's up to me. You know, I'd love to pull the trigger on the Buccaneers. And again, a byproduct of having a weak slate this week. 
I'm going to, I'm going to sound like a broken record. I think East Tennessee state keeps this one close. I don't know if this is a single digit game, but I think it's a game in the second half, but I think Kansas pulls away in this one. Um, I got Kansas probably about 12 to 15 points. Who do you like in that one, Al? Uh, I like I like Kansas. I like Kansas by a lot. Oh my God! You sound like a broken record too. Well, I, I mean, you can't. You're not. They're not going to stroll in and then give them a battle. I mean, I guess. I guess UNCG did give uh, give Kansas a pretty good game. Yeah, there's another acronym team, and we've got another. You know, ETSU UNCG. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing a pattern here. But they still didn't win the game, so I'm going to go Kansas. Pretty tough place to play. I will give. I'm not a huge Kansas fan, but I will give them that. There's a pretty good atmosphere. They're always ready for whoever comes to play them. Uh, in Fog Allen. Okay. Now we're gonna head travel a little bit further west. Um, we're gonna go to another mid-major, taking on a major. We got the UC Irvine, and uh, dare I say, a top ten mascot named the Anteaters of UC Irvine, who made the tournament last year and they made it to the second round, lost to Oregon. They are traveling to Boulder to take on number 25, Colorado. Could be our third best team in the Pac-12, potentially. Um, this one's up to you, Al. Do you like the upstart Anteaters out of Irvine, or do you like the Buffs at home? I like the Buffs. I mean, I, I, it, like Bud said earlier, the pretty weak slate of games. I usually like to pick you know, some teams that – that Bud wouldn't, but I, it's pretty hard to go away from Colorado at home. As much as, as much as I'd love to see the Anteaters give them a run for their money, I, I, if I'm putting my money uh, somewhere, I'm going to put it on Colorado in that one. Yeah, you know, and going to the University of Wyoming, there's a strong disdain for other front-range teams, even though Colorado's in the Pac-12. Um, you know, I've seen Colorado stroll into Laramie and lose to a Larry Nance Jr. Josh Adams team where they only scored about 33 points in that game. So I'd love to pick against the Buffs in this one. But like you said, I think this one is a single digit game. I think UC Irvine is a very solid program. They've been good for years. They finally, you know, kind of seized the moment last year at the tournament, winning a game, kind of getting their name out there. But I like Colorado probably in that six to 10 point range. If I had to put something on it, I think that's another good game in the second half. I just don't know if you see Irvine can pull off that upset. Um, our last matchup, a uh, non mid-major matchup, I guess you could say before we get into our most heated debate, probably of the evening um, would be Ole Miss and, and Memphis, a nice rivalry um, between Memphis and Ole Miss, you know, school's not separated by that much. Um, who's pick. This is me. Oh, we got Ole Miss coached by our boy, Kermit Davis. Kermit, we love Kermit because uh, he beat good old Michigan State in the tournament once. So we're fond of Kermit Davis. And you know what? I'm riding with Kermit on this one, too. I like Ole Miss in this one. I like the unranked Rebels beating the likely um, Wiseman-less Memphis Tigers. Who do you like, Al? I thank God. Because I got Memphis, we needed to differ on something. I I know they're going to be without uh, without throw. We don't know, but they will most likely be without Wiseman. But I think I think Memphis is gonna gonna have to gonna have to step up and win some games here. Uh, unless and, and if they don't, they're going to be in some, be in some trouble. They might have to win that conference tournament if they don't start winning games. So I think they'll have good reason to come out and play. And also. We talked about it earlier. The SEC basketball is not good this year, simply. So I'm just going to go against the SEC. True, but, you know, 
I think we both can agree that Kermit, the work he did, the Yeoman's work he did at Middle Tennessee. I mean, they were they they beat Michigan State that one year as a 15 over two. Then the next year they were a 12 five, and they were actually favored to beat Minnesota, and they followed up and beat Minnesota. Kermit Davis can coach. He's oh, a absolutely. very good like, coach. Yeah, that's gonna. That, that's one of the more interesting matchups, and that's a that, you know at least in football that is a that is a behind the woodshed. I mean, gloves off, just bare knuckle rivalry. I hope there's the same disdain on the basketball court. Our final game, and again, we're going to our mid majors, and you know, just like they do on game day with their super dog, we uh we keep track of our mid major picks, and both Al and I are actually one and one because. Flipping Sanford lost in double overtime. Uh, you know, tarnishing my unbeaten record in week one. Thanks a lot. More Hold that, on. Baby. Uh, oh my god! So, and this one gets served up to Al. I love when Al has to pick the mid-major matchup first. So we got New Jersey Institute of Technology traveling to three and Brown. New Jersey Institute of Technology two and two. Um, actually, one of the teams I've seen people that like them to win the A Sun this year. So perhaps going to their first ever tournament. Al, who do you like? Do you like the Highlanders or the Bears? I like Brown in this one. Uh, <laughs> undefeated, best team in the Ivy League right now. Brandon Anderson is scoring t- almost 28 points per game. I'm going with Brown, and I love me some Ivy League basketball. I can always get into it. So I'm going to go with Brown in that one. Oh, good, because I'm going with the Highlanders. I think New Jersey Institute of Technology will stroll into Providence, Rhode Island. And beat up on the Bears of Brown, serving up their first loss of the season. Um, but yeah, hey, nice name drop there for that Brown, that Brown kid, dude, just getting buckets. Good for him. <laughs> Twenty in a game, that's nice. That is nice. And for in a conference where Harvard was the big favorite coming in, it would be interesting to see if Brown could win this game. Kind of go into that Ivy League schedule looking pretty good. That. It, Something to keep an eye on. Yeah, and you know, the Ivy League, you know, for years was, you know, who wins the regular season gets to go. Now they've, you know, slightly adjusted, course corrected, to do a four-team bracket. So, you know, now this game isn't huge for Brown, but, you know, the Ivy League is one of those interesting leagues that once we get into league play, you know, no one's watching really Ivy League basketball that much. But those conference games are so important for the Ivy, more important than any other, you know, conference because there's only four that get to the conference tournament. So, so. That's a really cool thing about about the Ivy League, and, and Harvard has shown over the years that they're solid. Yale has been a solid program over the years. Penn sometimes come out. We haven't had other than really Princeton, Penn, Harvard, or Yale. We haven't had like a Brown or a Columbia or a Dartmouth win that league in a while. Maybe Brown is one of those teams. Although they ain't winning this week, Al. They ain't they ain't beating Highlanders. That unbeaten dream season for the Bears comes to a crashing, screeching halt. I should say. Wouldn't exactly unbeaten season. I just unbeat so far. Let's not take things too far. <laughs> okay. Well, and with that being said, that'll do it for uh, episode three of the Corner Three Pod. Um, we'll get back to you next week. Next week is going to be a fun episode because we get some of our big preseason tournaments. We got the battle for Atlantis coming up over Thanksgiving break. We've also got the Maui Invitational, which you know I know Al and I. 
really enjoy watching those preseason tournaments because they, you know, they have grown in popularity over the years and they get loaded fields and they just make for great early season, late November college basketball. So with that being said, we will, uh, we will see you next week. So um, take it easy. Jumper from Moore. Oh, yes! Oh, I did. Wow!